Welcome back to the Orange Mailbox. And now, part two of our Minute with the Mayor, Mayor Bill Rock. It's easy for people to fall into the trap of, we've always done it that way. Well, the complacency. Absolutely. And they get used to the status quo. It's good that things are happening like that. You come in and rock the boat. Yep, rock the boat. Yeah, because uh, that's what we That's your say. new campaign slogan <laughs> yeah. four years from now. Yeah. <laughs> Solid as a rock. We can play the song, rock, rock the boat. boat. Yeah, rock the boat. We can change it to a V. Was there any kind of emotional aspects involved with this uh, hard-fought campaign that you did going out every evening? I know you had a lot of support from Sandy stuff, but it had to wear on you a little bit. I mean, that's a lot of work. It, that. It, it was a lot of work, and, and I, I had a good partner with me, uh, Karen Wood, yes. who was a Republican, and me as an independent. And, and when Karen decided that she wanted to run with me, she had no idea what she was getting into. So Get your uh, tennis shoes out, Karen. <laughs> I said, we might go through a couple pairs. And so there would be times she would ask Sandy, uh, you got concessions? You guys going to Lakes this weekend? Uh, is Bill going too? And Bill would go, no, we're going to knock on some doors, Karen. And but it was, it was, uh, I mean, we worked in the, the heat, the humidity, rainstorms. Uh, she goes raining. I said, well, that's good because people are probably home. Yeah. Absolutely. We got umbrellas. <laughs> come on. <Yep. laughs> and, and we had a lot of people that would come out. It, it was kind of, uh, like, like, uh, we would put on the social media where we've been, where we're planning on going the next day. And we would thank somebody for having bottles of water. Uh, for us like you guys did here for me t- today and the next day we'd be going down the road and I, c- I couldn't get enough bottles i mean they'd be everybody wanted to give me a bottle of water or give her a bottle of water and <laughs> and uh you know uh, and we drink it because i'm i'm telling you some of those days were 90 degrees and humidity was terrible mm. and as quick as we was drinking it it was sweating out but uh you still had to hit those towns you still wanted to talk to the people and what was good about that too they're home they're in their air conditioning. And we had mm-hmm. people say, hey, come on in the air, sit down just for a few minutes, and let's talk in here. And it was nice. <laughs> those yeah. air conditioned homes and the, the water. And I'm telling you, I, I can be more thankful to the people in Gas City that, that treated us with respect as we went door to door and helped us with water and air conditioning and porches sometimes when it was raining, have a seat, sit down. Sure. Rain will stop. That had to be encouraging, though, to have people go by and bring you water like he's running a marathon or something. Yeah, they do run the water out there to you, but that, that had to have been encouraging. It would have been to me. Oh, definitely it was. And and then it got to a point where people were going by and honking, rock the boat. Uh, you know, it was, yeah. uh, you know, it, so, yeah, it was very encouraging. And it seemed like the longer the campaign went and the closer it got to election, we had more of those. It was like a a momentum building and, uh-huh. and you could feel it, you know, June was a little slower mm-hmm. end of June was a little better July after our parade. I mean, I couldn't believe our parade for the 4th of July. I put on social media. I need volunteers with golf carts, uh, show up for the parade. We had over 300 people show up for the parade. It wow. was called, uh, the, uh, the rock parade. I mean, it was, <laughs> and it was just, it, it made me feel really good. As a matter of fact, I can get goosebumps right now thinking about the volunteers that came out and without those people, um, going as an independent, you had to have 75 signatures. I hit social media, uh, that I needed 75 signatures. I had 350 people and they had to be gas city registered voters get a hold of me within an hour come by my house. So I knew right then we had a really good shot. Even in this technological world and everything, people are just something about going to their door and shaking their hand. 
And like I said before, grassroots stuff, that's just people like that still. Even though all this technology going on, Facebook and everything, people still liked it that you came to their door. They liked that one-on-one, absolutely. They saw you walking down the street or, you know, Mm -hmm. doing what you was doing and tying it all in together. And um, it was neat to watch. You know, me living in Marion, I really couldn't uh, be involved in voting for you, that type thing. And with all that, how do you plan on taking all this concessions, B&B restaurant, and all this business background, and even working in carry services? We haven't even talked about that, the time you spent with carry services. How do you plan on taking all that and incorporating that into what you do every day as mayor? Uh, you know, I think that's the easy part, Logan, because uh, with the business background and we're working with carry services for nine and a half years, it was easy to pick and choose which parts worked for me, which parts worked for carry services, which parts worked for the concession, mm-hmm. uh, what worked when I was hot carrying. So you take bits and pieces of each one and start molding them together. And the good thing about carry services um, is the fact that I was, uh, I had several different titles, but more of a, a promotional person because I would go to golf outings. I'd go to chamber ribbon cuttings. I would bring in work to our sheltered workshop at their carry service. So the workers would have something to do was able to place people out into the community to work. But in the meantime, while I was doing that, I'm meeting all these people that own businesses. I'm picking their brain of what made you successful. How did you do this? And, and, and you just kind of put that in and say, if we work a plan, and we stay on that plan, things will come together. And that's what what we've been doing. Uh, I got a little upset the other day at the Economic Growth Council. Somebody mentioned about how nobody has approached anybody in the county in five years. I said, wait a minute here. Stop right there. Just in the seven weeks that we've been in office, we've already made over a dozen phone calls and invited people in. Mm-hmm. We, we were laying them. And I said, I know there were some projects that uh, the past mayor had going on. That didn't turn out, but I know that they were approached. I know that uh, we had contact. So you don't know exactly what's going behind the scenes and how you're putting a game. You're going to hear a lot more no's than you are yeses. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like fishing. Sure. How many times you cast them before you catch that first right. fish? And uh, I kind of learned that through uh, the outdoor world, sitting in a tree stand. Okay. I haven't seen anything in an hour or two hours or three hours or maybe that day. But you knew that if you went back and you were persistent and you didn't give up, yeah. it's going to happen. Same way with fishing. Uh, you know, you're throwing lines out there and throwing lines out there, and finally you're going to nail that fish. And uh, sometimes you get lucky and nail several. And so that's what we're hoping that uh, down the road with some of the plans we have out there, some of the fillers we have out there, and uh, we're wanting to make a CD where we can send like a little three-minute CD to kind of show our city and how it's growing, that we're going to catch a lot more fish. That's a great idea. So going off of that, what you just said, tell us some of your short-term goals, something that you want to accomplish maybe in the next several months. I know we've talked some of it. And then some of your long-term goals, uh, something that you foresee different well, places in your vision. One, one of the big things I want to do, and we're getting ready to start that, is something for the seniors to do. Every uh, second and fourth Wednesday now, we're going to give that to Hans Hall for seniors. So it'll be bingo, puzzles, nice. uh, card playing. Give the seniors something to do at least twice a month. As the spring gets here, we've got a pickleball court. 
get the seniors down there, get teams playing that. I've got a guy that's going to run that for me. And today I had uh, a lady from York House say that she wanted to get involved with it. She's going to bring some of her seniors there. So that's one of the, the short terms that I wanted to do. Have you First, ever played pickleball? I did because I that, put it down. That is fun. It is fun. Never played it. Yeah, it's fun. Never even heard of it. I don't know the rules real well, but uh, but the ones that do, like Burl Atkinson. Burl and, and Debbie Atkinson, holy They cow. will call you on whatever yes. you're doing. I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but pickleball like is fun. Would be good at. Yeah. <laughs> so those are those are and then, then a training center. Uh, I'd like to, uh, and I'm working with uh, the school and, and Ivy Tech and and some of the colleges are putting together something. We need skilled tradespeople, and, and we've got to get the electricians and the plumbers and the carpenters. We've got to have these kids ready to go. Not everybody's college, All right? So when they come out of high school, I'm hoping that in the next couple of years we'll have a nice little training center where they can get prepped to go out uh modern technology for the ones that do want to move on we've got to ha- work with ivy tech and, and indiana wesleyan and taylor of putting a program together because everything's going computers everything's uh, social media right. so we've got to get these kids ready for uh, somebody we might pull in i could go talk to all the computer companies all the biomed companies and talk to them and they're going to ask me do you have a workforce for us and right now we don't uh, but we're going to, and that, that's a long-term goal. Uh, that's a goal that I want to see these colleges come together and work with us where we can keep our kids here. I truly believe in, in starting younger, working with another program that, that uh, is kind of top seat. We're working with younger kids now that maybe have a rough life, uh, that are used to seeing their parents or their, their life uptaking getting this we want to get them out of that and start working with them and i truly believe if you get a kid young and get him involved that when they become adults they'll take ownership and they'll be like you and lamar and myself and want to see improvements go mm-hmm. we've got to get that this is for you know this is free this is free mentality away and so i want to put a program together for that too you got to teach them how to fish you got to teach that's them how right. to fish that's exactly right and that's what we're going to do we're going to yep. So those are some of the long-term goals. And once you get those met, then I, th- I think you're going to see the, the modern technology, the biomed companies. I mean, I was real happy when uh, Amanda Leffler started Leffler Academy out there, getting nursing involved in high school, where mm-hmm. when these kids come out of high school, they're going to have LPNs or RNs, and, and so they can go into the medical field. But now we've got to, yeah, we're going to have that workforce. Now we've got to be able to attract, uh, you know, a biomed company that they can utilize their services or they're going to move away and we want to keep them. I hated to see Kmart leave. I did too. But that space has been filled with was it Walnut Creek Outdoor. Yeah, Walnut Creek Outdoors. Um, I haven't been in there yet, but I'm sure it's going to be like a Cabela's or it's on it's, a smaller scale. It's a smaller scale. Uh, I haven't either. I'm waiting for the, the grand opening to go in. But I think the, the main thing is what I've been told, and again, I haven't viewed it, that it's more of a shooting archery type. It's mm-hmm. not quite got uh, all the stuff of a, a smaller Cabela's. Right. But that might be uh, uh, Jimmy and Carrie's goal down the road. And I haven't spoke with Jimmy and Carrie about it, but I will. As it warms up, this is one thing I'm going to get my tennis shoes back on again. I'm going to walk to every business and I want to find out what their plans are for Gas City. What can we do to make your business a success? What can you do? to make Gas City a success. And I want to share ideas with all the businesses in town 
It'll take a little time, but it also gets me out walking, uh, getting a little exercise in. But I want to talk to Walnut Creek Outdoors and Caleb Crandall and, and, and just all the businesses down through there and, and pick their brains. That's what good visionaries do. They go talk to people because the people are what matters. Yeah, and they're going to tell me how what, what we can do to help them, and, and in the meantime, they can also tell me what they can do to help us. And yep. Maybe we can put a plan together to make everything work. We don't want anybody to leave. We want to grow their business, and we want to help them as much as we can. What's going to come about of the old McDonald's? Do you know? I do. Uh, Are you allowed to tell? I am. <laughs> uh, and it's kind of disappointing because I spoke to a, a McDonald's corporate, and uh, I had about three or four restaurants that were interested in possibly doing. They told me no burgers. And that's fine because one of them was a, a Chinese place. One of them was a Mexican place. One of them was a sit-down place. So I go back and talk to the Chinese place, and she said, no, they told me that uh, they won't do Chinese. I said, what? So I get back on the phone. I call McDonald's again. We've decided not to do any restaurants. Hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, uh, you know, that's probably going to sit there for a long time. Uh, I, you know, I, I can understand the, the no competition for burgers, but right. not something oriental, not something that's uh, off their menu. Uh, but right now they're saying no restaurants. So my thoughts are, if uh, going back to the to the nursing field or whatever, if I can find maybe a nurse practitioner or somebody that may want to take a McDonald's building and then turn it into a small medical facility, especially with Leffler Academy doing what they're doing, she may have yeah. some students go there. If we, but you have to have a nurse practitioner to do that. But McDonald's won't lease it; they will only sell it. So I, they're going to make it difficult. Could that building be turned into like a small event center or a youth center or something? Or is that even? It, no, I think it could. Uh, just get, you know, finding out the price. And uh, if yeah. somebody has that interest, uh, first of all, we've got to find out what McDonald's even wants for the building. It's going to come down to dollars. Yeah. It may sit there a long time because they want too much for it. Yeah. Yeah. hope yeah. not. Let's hope not either. I mean, become uh, an eyesore if it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping, I, I don't know if they're waiting for the auditorium or the civic center going and then maybe thinking that something may pop in at that time because we've had interest on some of the lots going around that, you know, a couple restaurants, steakhouses mm -hmm. as the auditorium gets going. I think you're going to see a lot of things come around that too. What is the location of that auditorium? Where are you, where are you looking do, at? Do you know where the point is? Uh, uh, right behind McDonald's there. Yeah. So it's going to be towards the point where we're cutting yeah. the street through Schaefer there now. Right uh, there where 22 and Olinger Road meet. Correct. Yeah. So it's going to go right there. And okay. uh, yeah, it's, it's once they get it rolling and bring in some energy, it's going to be like a Honeywell Center. It'll really bring in some uh, uh, different types of businesses, I believe. When are they going to break ground for that? Well, uh, it got pushed back a little bit here. Uh, we had to make sure we got all the, the lease agreements done right with the school. Uh, the contract wasn't done quite right, so we just redid the contract. Uh, it was made with the council, which you can't do that legally, so it's got to come uh -oh. back and be made with the mayor, uh, which we should have that when I get back from uh, uh, out of town that I'm going to go visit some people next week like a little vacation time, uh, <laughs> but, but we planted it a year in advance. Uh, but we should have that all worked out then, but they pushed the, um, bids back until April. We were going to get them in February. Now it's April. So I'm hoping that we will get the bids in April, which means we'll accept a bid in May, which means they'll probably break ground in June or July. Mm. And then it's probably going to take 
four to five months uh, to get it uh, constructed and, and ready to go. That'll As bring it, some money into Gas City for absolutely sure. Absolutely should, yes. Oh, yeah. What's the plan for the auditorium? Is it going to be all music? Is it going to be multiple things? It's going to be multiple. It's going to be uh, the school is going to use it. Of course, the city is building it. The school is going to operate it, so they'll use it for some of their school events. But then they're also going to be music uh, brought in kind of like the Honeywell Center. There could okay. be comedians. Or there's going to be bands. They're talking to a few people that, um, and I'll just use this one, not saying this is it, but like live entertainment, sometimes get your performers for you. Then, of course, you're going to have the concessions uh, that will be. And, and uh, uh, you know, we I talked to Gonzo um, mm-hmm. about who does Ball State. Of course, that, that isn't my decision, but I passed those names on to uh, uh, the superintendent and assistant superintendent. But Gonzo uh, gave us the name of who Ball State does their um, concerts and their football games and basketball games. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so they'll have somebody that ability to step in and do the concessions. And then if they get a group, uh, whoever does Honeywell or, or Brown County or whatever, that brings in the entertainment. Uh, and then, therefore, they, I think they sell the tickets that away. And, mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be a very good event for communities all around us. How big is that going to be? What's 12, the capacity? 1,200 seating. 1,200. So it's a little smaller than Honeywell, but uh, but not a lot. Not much, no. Not, not so much. that's not something that concerts in the park might be able to snag on to every now and then? Well, <laughs> rain out days. I've heard talk of that, yeah. but, but again, I don't want to speak for uh, Dennis Roach right. or the school on that. But yeah, I mean, I've heard you know, that's what people are saying. That maybe they could use it for the rain outs, as Logan mentioned. I heard a rumor, and I honestly, I don't remember where I heard this. But where the old Psalm Sherway used to be and the drugstore there, somebody told me that they're going to raise that building and put something else there. Well, I don't know if uh, if something else would go there. Uh, and I haven't been in contact, but I've also heard the rumors, too, that Dollar General would be relocating to where the board That's what is. I heard. Uh, yeah. Again, they haven't been in contact with me or anybody in the redevelopment committee. Uh, that's the rumor that's going on. But one time there was a rumor that Dairy Queen was going into the old McDonald's. Yeah. I heard an ice cream. I heard Sophie's was moving down there. and uh, But none of that is true either. So We need a Chick-fil-A. Uh, I've heard that a lot too. Uh, matter of fact, out there, uh, uh, Miles Leffler, has, he, he's, he's got a few things going well out there where in-laws and outlaws in. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think he's talked to Chick-fil-A, but I don't think they've they bid on anything yet. But. Well, the colleges have them, so. Yeah. Uh, Miles has got a lot of plans that uh, I think once he gets rolling with them, uh, I'm having lunch with him and Lori Elston tomorrow, talk about a few things that he might have on his his role, see if we can help him out as a city. But Miles is a thinker. He does a, a really good job with in-laws and outlaws. The yes, Lepper he does. Academy. Uh, the, he just built up some buildings there. and uh, So be interested to see what he's got to say tomorrow. Is there a uh, any plans in the future of doing any kind of continuation of renovating downtown Gassy? I know the part there where they closed the road off by the post office, and they really got that looking cool there with that clock and arch there. I believe it's an arch. Yeah. Is there any plans to to have a downtown committee or anything like that? To- there is. We've been uh, been in talks with Okra, which is an Okra grant, and it's for a facelift of the city. She is on maternity lead right now, so that's kind of where the went. But uh, when I get back, I've got a grant writer that's going to come in and sit down and talk to me. 
uh, how they get paid. I think uh, when I Googled it, it showed like you pay a grant writer from 1% to 5% of what the grant is. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get somebody in there that's very um, educated on how to write the grants and how to get them and, and talk to this lady and see if we can't get some grants out. But facelift and our downtown would be a, uh, a thing we'd like to do and, and kind of just uniform everybody together if we can. And mm-hmm. uh, the promenade is where we're going to hold our first Fridays in May and June. So we will use the promenade, uh, that street a little bit, because it never gets used. No. So we're going to have our bands there, have our concessions in the alley, use maybe nice. the library for the crafters. And uh, I'm meeting with Janelle uh, tomorrow, for her fund services, and see if we can look and put some of the bouncy things there in the, in the utility office. But kind of do a May, June, then the concerts in the park kick off. So it gives us something to do downtown and then uh, down to the park and show off our city and then also show off our park uh, throughout the summer. Are you going to give tours of your house since I, you live down by the park? You know, uh, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I'm out on that deck almost every night. Uh, so people are welcome to stop by uh, something that worked out well when I was campaigning. And I'm going to do this probably about three times this year is called a campfire chat. Uh, so I plan on doing it, whether it's at the park or whatever, but I think it's a more comfortable setting for people. Come on down there in your shorts or whatever, bring some hot dogs, bring whatever, and we'll sit there and we'll build a fire and, and we'll, in a comfortable atmosphere. I like got that. Questions, uh, as opposed to having to come to City Hall and feeling like, you know, uh, sure. I, I've got to stand up, I've got to say my name, I've got to get in front of the mic. Let's just do it right there where we're uh, – you know, got a little fire going on. You're comfortable and fire the questions away. If I can't answer them, I'll call Lamar or you, Logan, and, and we'll get those things answered. <laughs> if people feel that the mayor is accessible, then you'll serve till you're 148 years old. So, well, I plan on being transparent. <laughs> I think anybody that knows my family or myself, we are very transparent. We are around the community. We like to give back to the community. Uh, we do it with fundraisers or. Uh, you know, we also do, you know, have our concessions as a professional business. I, I mean, Sandy, I should uh, give her the credit. I, I set them up, tear them down, but she's the, she's the backbone of that. And, uh, I get a lot of the credit cause my name's on there, but, uh, she's phenomenal by oh, the she's way. Great. Oh she's my great. gosh. She yeah. sure is. If I was Mormon, I'd have like four more of her and about 10 more concessions. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yeah, you'd be living in Utah too, next yeah, to the Osmonds, I mean, right there. They, they wouldn't even know what a tenderloin is. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard it said that uh, you're a uh, scratch golfer. Well, somebody lied to you. <laughs> oh, that was a rumor. What? Sorry, Lamar was talking about rumors. Then. Yeah, so there's a rumor. Uh, I play golf. I, I tinker with it. I uh, I will brag on a couple tournaments that would that we've won, but I can't give me all the credit except for one of them. Uh, but the blue blazer that's out in Machine Mission, I played with uh, Dr. Bobby Jack, the surgeon. And uh, the, the, the first year that we played together, we were fortunate enough to win the blue blazer. And that's one of the biggest tournaments in Grant County. Gets a big flag. I mean, there's a, a, a trophy, a big glass trophy. That's a tough course, too. Very tough course. Yeah. And uh, you retired your clubs after winning that. No, I did not. I should have. <laughs> but no, I played where I got beat beat up several times after that but then i went to michigan with a group of guys and uh i've won the uh gall lake michigan uh champion yeah it's, it's kind of funny because uh dr raj meyer was one of them there and of course i was probably a little cocky from winning that and coming in i said where does the champion sit 
when when they come in here around this clubhouse. <laughs> he goes, well, we got a place right outside, right on a stool that you can go out there and sit on and do it. So he's a pretty funny guy, uh, Dr. Right out Rosemeyer. by the port of John's. Yeah, that's <laughs> pretty much what he said. So you can go right on out there and sit. So, uh, that's funny. I like playing it, and the reason I like playing it is because you get to play with I, – I don't do it for the competitiveness. I mean, yeah, I want to shoot as good as I can, but I do it for meeting with people, uh, the camaraderie of, sure. of talking while we're out there. And golf isn't a hobby as you guys play. You know this. You don't go out there and say, hey, I'm going to go play a round of golf and come back in an hour. I mean, you're talking four and a half, five hours later. Yeah. So it's a long hobby. Especially a tournament. Yes, a oh, tournament. Yeah. Also, you're a uh, cigar aficionado. I, I've I, heard. I like cigars. You're a uh, out of Dennis said he's a uh, cigar uh, enthusiast. Enthusiast. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who said that? Dennis yeah. Roach. Okay. Yes. What's your favorite cigar? Uh, well, I like the 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 uh, Monte Cristo Media Noches. Uh, matter of fact, I just got some today because we're taking off on vacation next week and it's probably a habit I shouldn't do, but everybody's got to have a bad habit. I don't drink, you know, I try to exercise and I don't inhale the cigar. Now I'm sounding like a true politician here, but when I'm out fishing or golfing or whatever, I like to have a cigar just to, and I may, it may take me three hours to finish the cigar and, uh, uh, but I just like to sit and, and, uh, I don't know. It relaxes me. Uh, it is I, relaxing. Yeah. And I don't encourage people to, to jump on and smoke cigars, but I enjoy them. It's uh, relaxing. It is very relaxing. So it's the Monte Cristo what? Media Noche. He buys them by the case. They're like a, a seven inch cigar and a 58 band. They're, they're a nice okay. cigar. Um, I'll have to bring you one. I've had one. Sure. They do taste yeah, pretty good. Yeah. They're a nice. dark wrapper on it. That's dark. Wrapper? Yeah, it's a, it's a darker cigar. It's a, a little bit medium strong. Okay. Not quite the strong, but yeah, it's a, I know Lamar likes the lighter and, and I think you do too. And, yes. and those are good cigars too. For something that, you know, I've just got used to that media noche or partagas. I like that too, but yeah, those aren't bad. Yeah. But I love the smell of a cigar Yeah, and uh, my wife hates it. So <laughs> again, that's that salt and pepper or pork and beans or what is it? I like the smell of it when I'm smoking it, but the next day, oh yeah, that's yeah. the stink. <laughs> yeah, that's you got to have a cigar when it don't leave that aftertaste. Yeah, and you know you had a good cigar. Mm-hmm. If it, it leaves an aftertaste, and you need to try a different brand, and but that's as far as I am on that. I, I don't. I I just love doing it when I'm fishing or or golfing or just sitting around chit chatting. Uh, you get to do a lot of fishing, not as much as I used to. Um, with the concessions, and especially last year, I played golf maybe four times. I fished maybe twice uh-huh. because we were knocking on doors sure. almost daily. But So we didn't even get to the lakes that much, and we've got a little trailer on Webster. But uh, I plan on doing more golfing and fishing this year in my spare time as opposed to knocking on doors, although I will be. Uh, there won't be a lot of spare time. <laughs> no, no it was, right now it's been pretty busy. It's yeah. been a good busy. Speaking of fishing and golfing, how many years did your show run? 20 years. Uh, we started out locally, as I mentioned, uh, Indiana Outdoor Ventures, uh, and then Inga, then uh, Duke and I spread out. I, I took it Outdoor USA, contacted uh, the Sportsman Channel and also the Outdoor Channel. It went national, hitting into about 40 million homes. Um, wow. Yeah. Had a, had a great time. That. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it was uh, it was pretty nice to get trips, take off. I, I mean, Newfoundland, I, I went there and caribou hunted, loved it. Uh, Alberta for a bear hunt, Mexico for some uh, fishing, duck, quail. Wow. So well, he was doing all of it then, not just fishing. It was hunting. It was just outdoors. Everything. And, and we even did some extreme sports, some whitewater rafting. When, when the coal mines were going bad, West Virginia, they went real heavy into the tourism. And I got a phone call from their tourism department that Governor Wise at the time was going to do an educational outdoor program for kids to get them involved in. Uh, to, if they did well in grades, they got to go fishing or hunting. Mm-hmm. And so I cut what I was doing, went down, uh, did a program, helped him put the educational program together for the kids that, that I believe is still running. He goes, uh, West Virginia would like to sponsor your show for coming down here wow. and that was probably the big first sponsor i got that it's really the only sponsor i needed at the time i yeah, mean no way through but i had to do seven programs there a year and so that's where the whitewater rafting came in uh the trout fishing fly fishing turkey hunting but there's a lot of deer hunting it, yeah it was just a, a good state so so you pretty much traveled the world with your show. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was, uh, it was one of those things that I loved every minute of it. But, uh, when I got out of it with grandkids and stuff and I had a seven year, no compete after I sold it, when I could do it again, you know, I got the grandkids, I sleeping in my own bed. Not that I didn't mind going to the nice cabins they put me in and stuff, but it, it was home. You know, I'm back to where I could just relax. It sounds funny. But your love for the fishing and hunting started diminishing. So when I'd get home and somebody'd say, "Hey, let's go up to lakes and fish," ah, you know, I've got something else to do. Or uh, the deer hunting slowed down here uh, because I was doing it every day. Yeah, it became a job. It was a fun job, but it became a job to where it wasn't my hobby any longer. Did you get your own cameras and and do the crew and do the just from the very beginning? Absolutely. Uh, Inga, of course, had it right at first and was doing a VHS, which is the big half-inch tape, which is like a home video. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But when we started sending them out, because uh, I, I started thinking, you know, we don't have to do this local. So I'd send them to, one of them was uh, Indy 23, and, and, and they'd say, no, you need to upgrade here. So I didn't take it as a negative. I took it as they didn't mind the program, but we just didn't have the professional stuff to do it. So we continued to upgrade, and finally we got to where we was doing it on digital, and that's when the Outdoor Channel was actually, I was editing a program because they just accepted the show on the national show, and my dad passed away of a heart attack that same day that mm. I sent it in. So, but yeah, I was putting it together. They, they accepted the program, and uh, I was editing when uh, they come running over to the house and said, hey, you need to get down there. And, but it was fun. And then uh, a meeting, uh, Lord, you've met so many oh, people, yeah. famous people. Yeah, and uh, I think one that Lamar wanted to talk about a little bit was <laughs> Randy White, Hall of Famer, Dallas Cowboy. Uh, we did a, it's called Angler's Choice Magazine, was having a Make-A-Wish program at Lake Fork. But I get a phone call. Of course, it's, the shows went national now, and I had a lot of my friends that liked to pull my chain, joke, or whatever. So I get this phone call, and Brandon happened to answer the phone, too. Guy's on the other, he goes, uh, hey, this is Lud Denny, okay? I'm Randy White's agent. We want you to come to Texas and promote this blade clacker in this uh, Make-A-Wish tournament at Lake Fork. 
And I said, you know what? Let me think about this. I go, if it was Walter Payton, I'd probably do it. But I said, you know, I'm not. And Randy White jumps on the phone and starts talking. Then I knew, wait a minute, this is for real. And Brandon was on there. He, he's a Cowboy fan. So he's just <laughs> like, you've got to be kidding me. So we set up a time uh, to go down there in June. I took Brandon with me. And uh, he's still kicking himself in the rear end for this one. Uh, we're, we're filming these programs, going through Lake Fork and fishing and just having a good time with Randy for about four days on the fourth quarter ranch. And one night uh, I'm finishing up editing and uh, Randy comes in and he goes, hey, I'm going to take your boy to Dallas with me. I said, okay. I mean, he's with some bodyguards and some big dudes. And, and Brandon turned it down. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. And he's still saying, Oh no. Oh, it was no. one of those. But uh so Randy got into team roping and uh he says, I want you to team rope. And I said, Randy, I'm never he goes, Well, I'm gonna put you on a saddle. You're gonna rope this steer by the horns, and then I'll get him by the feet and I'll and then we'll stretch him out. He goes, Now you gotta hang on because once you get that bull, he'll pull you off that saddle if you're not hanging on. So First of all, I'm trying to hit the horns on this <laughs> thing, and, and this is just on his fence post. And so he goes and does something. I ain't hitting that thing, so I'm going to go down there and move it. I had, I mean, I said he carried it out one hand and slapped it down. I had to drag it three <laughs> feet back to me so I could finally start hitting it. Well, somebody upstairs was watching over me. Thank God, because we got the biggest Texas storm that night, and his. He had a ranch that was probably the size of the Grant County Ford Range grounds. It had the opening gate. It's called the Fourth Quarter Ranch. He had this where, where you'd go out and lasso and practice it, but it got all muddy, so we couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so and you were you were just so heartbroken, weren't you? Oh my gosh! Thank you, because I'm thinking, how am I going to lasso this cow and then also stay on top of the horse uh, at the same time? So it would have been an interesting uh, show. People were probably going to be kicking that, watching me get drugged through the mud. But, but it didn't happen. So we and did, there goes Bill. And there he goes. Uh, and so we fished together, put a program together. Next year, the Angler's Choice magazine, Johnny Davis and Randy invited me again. Went down and uh, stayed there. And then Randy and I are starting. We still stay in contact a little bit right now. But he was doing the arm wrestling in Vegas. And we were out at Lake Mead doing some fishing. Randy invited me in there to set behind the scenes ESPN during this arm wrestling contest. So we hung out with him there in Vegas and got to watch the arm wrestling as it was going on behind the scenes, of course, uh, uh, not with the ESPN people, but it, it was interesting. And then, of course, Randy got into, uh, they used to have the boxing, and he went. He won the whole thing. I mean, he knocked Joe Klecko out. and like, <laughs> I mean, he went through it. But Randy was a fifth-degree black belt. He was six foot four, 275 pounds. He could bench press 500 pounds, and he played his last year with a broken neck. And uh, he's in the Hall of Fame, number 54. So, I mean, he was just one good, you know, won a Super Bowl. We got to try a Super Bowl ring on. Oh, uh, wow. Brandon, too. And uh, just, uh, it was really neat. Uh, or had a size 38 finger. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was, yeah you <laughs> could put Brandon, could put him over both of them. And <laughs> just uh, one really nice guy. I mean, he just, it was like us just sitting in here. He, that's how he treated us and got to know him more and more. And now he's, he's aged a little bit, uh, you know, football wasn't, I mean, he's banged up, but yeah, we were riding in his truck one day, riding along. All of a sudden the phone starts ringing in his truck. He looks at, throws over my, you answer it. I go, who is he? He goes, 
It's my ex girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? <laughs> no, he's not here. <laughs> Who's this? <laughs> uh, so, you know, he just, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's some good, good people. Uh, so I met Mark Fowler over at Marion. Um, we did an alligator tagging. He had access to Burt Reynolds ranch when she, uh, when she, he was married to Lonnie Anderson. Uh-huh. And, uh, so Mark and I became friends at that time. And he came from of course, California producing some shows and now he stayed around and, uh, does a lot of good things for Marion. Tagging alligators. Did I hear that right? Yes. Like what you see on TV, swamp people tagging alligators. We were ahead of ourselves. We Had I known that this would have been a thing, uh, getting out in the swamps and, and getting these gators and basically getting, uh, I mean, we were just ahead. Didn't even think that people would like to watch that. But we went out. This guy's name was Cliff Berg. He was a billionaire's son, and he had this alligator part of the, the uh, Everglades that his daddy had bought for him. And an alligator farm. He goes, well, everybody else was in construction and stuff. He goes, Cliff, what do you want to do? And he goes, I want to have an alligator farm. So we go out just like frog gigging. You'd have a light, and you only tag the little ones. So you'd look, and and the eyes would light up, and you'd reach down and grab a gator up, and then they'd tag it. So, uh, yeah, but but if you seen the eyes wider, you didn't reach down and grab it. (laughs) Oh, you could. You just, there goes Bill. (laughs) There goes, yeah, again. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and the alligator starts rolling over you're done yeah it was a very interesting life uh had a great time you know doing it you know the bear hunt was fun in alberta i mean from indiana never seeing a bear in the wild and all of a sudden here comes one and then there's he's looking at you a tree he starts climbing up and you're oh, taking I'd, the arrow <laughs> i'd be done right there <laughs> oh, yeah. but it was just amazing to see these uh bear and then you know newfoundland loved it it's it just it was fun um, you remember Punk Good? Oh, absolutely. Well, his son Jason in Florida used to hunt alligators. Okay. But the big ones. Oh, yeah. He'd jump on them and hold their mouth shut. Bigger man than I oh, yeah. ever want to be. Yeah, no, I'm not jumping in there. No. And you knew how Punk was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Jason was just like him, only bigger. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I will tell a quick story, but Cliff Berg, this is, the guy was probably only about five foot nine, but just built like a, a little tree stump, barefooted all the time. And, uh, he had a big old scar on his head and he was kind of what you're talking about. Punk goods. We'd be a canal and he'd just go in, bring out these big turtles or get little, little gators. But I mean, he just. He quit chasing an armadillo, and he goes, oh, he'll he'll catch it. He'll be back. He'll be all scratched up. This cliff telling us this, this guy hung around with him. So finally I said, what happened to your head? He goes, well, we went into town, and he goes, I went in and was playing pool. And I said, so they let you go in barefoot? He goes, no, I have, if I go into town, they make me put shoes on. And he, he's got that real southern draw anyway. And, and he goes, but we was playing pool, and I got into it, and the guy took a cue ball and hit me upside the head. Mm-hmm. I said, wow. He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, it hurt. He goes, I went out in the truck. I said, so what'd you do, leave? He goes, no. He goes, I went out there and got a construction staple, and I stapled my head together. And I went back in there, and I worked over like three or four of them. Oh, after. my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And no, no wonder it was all been out with a construction staple. But the guy never wore shoes. 
And like I said, built like a tree, Tom. Obviously didn't feel pain. Apparently not. Because, Jeez. I mean, his head was split. Mm. <laughs> he stapled it shut. Stapled it shut. <laughs> yeah. My gosh. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I would I would have been like, uh, I'll be right back. <laughs> and that's what i would have done yes if i could have came back <laughs> yeah i would have been asleep for a while probably well i guess about all we got for today's show great interview yes fantastic interview bill needs to get home and help sandy pack i do i'm gonna be in trouble i just tell her it was me yeah i will she'll yeah, be blaming on lamar i will yeah, you can blame it on me we're excited to see what's going to happen with Gas City yes. in the next few years and yeah. beyond. And you obviously have some great ideas. You've surrounded yourself with some great people. and Wish I, you luck. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I, yeah. I'm looking really forward to what we got here is the tip of the iceberg, I believe. Exciting. Yeah. Exciting to hear. Thanks for being with us today, Bill. I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, like I said, if I'm wrong on the political part, I will stand corrected because <laughs> But I think that was all correct or close to it. Maybe we'll have you back. We'll do some more fireside chats without the fire in this studio. And you guys are welcome to come to the fireside chat when we have it, too. All right. Thanks, Bill. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Mailbox Orange and on Instagram at Orange underscore Mailbox. You can also go to our website at www.theorangemailbox.podbean.com and check out all of our episodes. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Just search for The Orange Mailbox and hit that subscribe button. We'd love to hear from you, so if you have any comments or show ideas, drop us an email at feedback at theorangemailbox.com or visit us on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in, and remember... Always go to the mailbox expecting.